Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Rami Makhlouf. Looks like he smells bad. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Right, there will be a draft in that teams will select players, uh, but the question is to what extent they can have a large public gathering. As of now, obviously the reason these things are being canceled is because we don't want large public gatherings. And we're talking about six weeks from now, so the, the league has to make a decision on this pretty quickly. And if there is baseball on April 9th, something went really, really well across the country. But the expectation at this point among almost everybody is that we're not going to see baseball until May. Welcome into the show. Mackie and Judd with Rami here on Score North and the Score North app. We got Judd back from Florida. Hey, guys. Bronzed and full of hopefully sanitary wipes. How many people sat next to you on the plane? Oh, it was the greatest. No one on the plane? No, the the, the plane was packed. My mm. row, mm. aisle seat for me, mm. to my right, nobody. Oh. And, mm. oh, and so you, were, you were good then. The the gate agent. About to your left. The gate well, agent. He was in the aisle. He was in the aisle. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, there was oh, nobody okay. by me. Mm. She did that thing where, where like she examines the empty seats. And so she came back and like looked and saw there were two seats, including the window by me. She said, she said what's your name again? Judd. She's like, okay. So I was sure she was going to go find two people, right? Be like, oh, you can have Why these Why did she need to know your name? I have no idea. Don't care. The key was she left and never came back and, and they closed. And then I'm like, close the door. Yeah. it's Time, always, to, time to close the boarding room door. It, it's, it's one of the top five best door. feelings when you're sitting in an aisle seat and you're watching everyone go by just hoping that no one takes the open seat to your right. So, so. I was like completely spread out. Just I sat in the middle seat, just tons of room spread out. Taking a little snooze while everybody else was cramped in. And it was a sanitary. great, great nice. flight back. So uh, still, I don't know. Probably wasn't sanitary, but that's okay. I don't know, man. I told him I wouldn't get on a plane. I wouldn't go to an airport. He would have driven home. I wouldn't get on a plane. Yeah, make him drive home in a hazmat suit. For some reason, I heard someone around the office today. So do not take this as authoritative medical <laughs> advice. But that that coronavirus is not as transferable on a plane as maybe some mm. other places. As long as someone doesn't cough on you. But again, I am not a doctor. (laughs) Well, they have the same study about schools, It's scared of flying. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's... maybe Coronavirus doesn't fly. It's like Rami. Just take a couple pills and pass (laughs) out for four hours, right? But but gentlemen, yeah, so we are going to have... Chris Wright is the CEO of Minnesota United FC, and he'll join us at 5 o'clock. And and, and the, the reason why we want him on is because he is just... 
He's always great at putting things into 30,000-foot perspective. And so he'll come on the show. Pete Nigerian, friend of the show, will join us to talk about the impact of coronavirus on sports, on the markets, in about 10 or 12 minutes. But yesterday was this unprecedented day in American sports, right? You had nearly every major American sports league and entity either canceling or suspending or postponing all events. And then today comes around. And... uh while we're trying to digest, wow, what are we going to do without sports? And you know, how are we going to move forward and process this just in the sports bubble that we all live in? And you guys, the listeners and the sports fans. and And the NFL, business as usual, comes elbowing its way in saying, Roster moves! Roster moves! <laughs> God, God, God bless him. <laughs> Transaction wire. Like yes. a fullback through a wide open hole. Here comes the NFL in your sports news void. Purell. Yes. <laughs> Admit that both you guys smiled as much as I did to see good old fashioned release notices. It's good. Yes. And I, I, we still don't know officially if, because the NFL still has like 72 hours to before the tampering window opens on Monday. So as of right now, the league year will start on Wednesday next week. Teams will be able to reach agreements with free agents on Monday. And so as of right now, this is all going to go down not quite as usual because I'm guessing there won't be any face-to-face meetings. You'll just have Skype calls with free agents, etc. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, it's business as usual with the NFL. And multiple NFL roster moves were announced today, including the Vikings electing to part ways predictably with one of these, with Xavier Rhodes. And Linval Joseph. Um, and, and, and with those guys off the books now, the Vikings have $20.7 million in, in cap space, which is still, I think, bottom five in the NFL. But at least they have some cap space breathing room to sign a couple players. They also have massive holes now at defensive tackle because Linval Joseph is gone. Yep. And cornerback where also free agents, uh, Mackenzie Alexander and Trey Waynes, are off of your roster. So, so two-part question. How does it feel to have actual sports news today? Fantastic. And what do you think of the Vikings now having $20.7 million in cap space, but also more holes to fill? And that's really not that much in, in, in a big picture, right? Not at all. So they've got some room. They don't it'll have, get you an Andy Dalton. Yeah, they don't have a ton of... Exactly right. Um, cornerback-wise, here's my, here's my key question, and here's the key thing to me. Mike Hughes coming off what I think basically amounts to a broken neck back because he broke a vertebrate late in the season and then missed the playoff uh, playoffs. Is Mike Hughes ready to go on day one? And if he is, and I'm Spielman and company, I go to Zimmer and say, Mike Hughes is a first-round pick. He has to be developed. He has to play. Now, if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. I get that. Yeah. But Mike Hughes is going into year three. He's been hurt in some way, shape, or form his first two years. Yeah, he's a starter. Yeah, but there's no so so there's no to me Mike Hughes is not a well he's been hurt and I don't know that's not a conversation. It's a, if he can play, he has to play, he has to start. So am I going to go out now and try and replace Rhodes with a high-priced cornerback? Absolutely not. The Linval Joseph one hurts. I get it though at his age and his pay. Um but I I think the last month with the subtraction of Griffin unless he comes back and I don't think he's going to. Rhodes and Joseph shows that Rick Spielman, who likes Zim at this point, is going into last year of his contract, gentlemen. Rick Spielman is retaking some control of the the 53-man roster. And back to your point about the available amount of space, 
If I'm Spielman, I'm saying that's going towards offense and it's going towards offensive line. And Mike, same thing we said a year ago. You're really good at developing defense. You got Mike Hughes. Go to it. We might even draft a couple guys. Uh, but if we're both going to go down here, if this is going to be it, we're going to do it with an offensive line that doesn't have Pat Elfline at left guard. Yeah, I don't. I mean, like we keep saying, it's twenty. What do you say? Twenty-five million dollars cap space. Twenty point seven. Twenty point seven. And you got to imagine that there are a couple of their own guys who they might want to re-sign or extend. That'll lead up some of it. Draft picks lead up some of it. So I don't even know how much wiggle room this gives you to operate in free agency, but. You guys brought up something that I don't know that a lot of people necessarily think about. And it's not the case necessarily with Xavier Rhodes, but maybe with Linvale Joseph and probably with Everson Griffin, if you're not able to bring him back. We keep talking about freeing up cap space and cut this guy or cut that guy. I mean, again, outside of Xavier Rhodes, who by various metrics, no shot to the guy personally, seems like a really good guy. He was a great football player at one point. He might have been the worst cornerback on an NFL field this year. Like it was that, bad. That's the bottom line. It was really bad. So I'm not I'm not talking about him when I say this, but you do have to find replacement level players for these other play for these other guys that we're talking about. And ultimately, I think it will come back to what Judd is saying that what resources you have freed up and what resources you might have in the draft, a lot of those and especially the higher end ones should and I think probably will be used on the offensive side of the things, and you have to tell Mike Mike Zimmer, go make magic. Go make magic on the defensive side. That's that's your specialty. You go and do that. Sort of the reverse, the flip of what they do in San Francisco. They used a lot. They had a lot of high first-round draft picks. They had some free agent money. Yes, some went to Jimmy Garoppolo, but the majority of the high, especially the high-value assets that they had went on the defensive side of the ball, and they told Kyle Shanahan, their offensive genius head coach, Go make magic on offense. You have yeah. to, you have to do the same thing here in Minnesota, but the flip the flip of it with Mike Zimmer being the defensive guru. And it, and it is possible that we could see a couple more moves here over the weekend, right? There are other candidates on the roster uh, that that they could make moves on, or is there a deadline today that I am not thinking about? No. They they can they can make moves. They can make moves yeah, like with Linval Joseph, I think their well, deadline was like the twentieth of March, and they made it today. The big question too now becomes the quarterback, right? Does the quarterback get extended in, in the next? Couple days, in which case, if he does, yeah. you you have uh, freed up more space, but definitely committed longer term towards him. So that that's the next domino that I'm curious to see about is is Cousins going to get an extension, which then helps you out for 2020, or do they put the brakes on that and say, yeah, we could do that, but if we do that, it's going to kick the uh, salary cap can down the road. We're going to have to pay for that and. Quite frankly, they might not believe in Cousins that much by this point. If Kirk Cousins doesn't sign a deal this offseason, that tells me one of two things is happening. Either the Vikings have decided he's not our quarterback of the future and they're moving on after 2020, or Kirk Cousins, who will then be operating under a new market after all these free agents go off the board this year. Patrick Mahomes probably gets an extension in the next season. Deshaun Watson gets an extension in the next season. And on top of that, we're going to be dealing with a new CBA, which probably means more money for the players. That's what they'd be negotiating for. Kirk Cousins is trying to break the bank and maybe pricing himself out of the Vikings out of the Vikings price range. One of those two things is happening. Either the Vikings are moving on, or Kirk Cousins is trying to squeeze every penny he can out of wherever he gets his next contract. If Kirk Cousins does not sign an extension in the coming uh, days or weeks... I think he plays one more year here and is done. I don't see a way he stays. But the other part of the equation then is, 
Do the Wilfs put the brakes on this since we think, or at least what we know right now, is the coach and GM are going into the last year of their contracts, thinking to themselves, well, if this doesn't work and Cousins doesn't work, we're going to fire both of these guys possibly, and therefore don't want the new administration and coach yeah. to be tied to Kirk Cousins. The NFL is also a really strange league, and that it wouldn't it wouldn't be that out of the ordinary if the Wilfs looked at all three of those key spots, GM, coach, and quarterback, and said, hey, Hey, we like, listen, it's been great, Rick. We, we've known you for 12 years, whatever it's been. Uh, Mike, we love you. In fact, we, we think you are diet Bill Parcells, and we appreciate that. And Kirk, hey, you, you, you're, you're a quarterback. You're a guy. You're, Did you just say you're, you're, you're around you're the cor- office. You're right? a quarterback. You wear number eight. Like, you are here for sure. Uh, it wouldn't be that unorthodox for them to just go in and say, listen, you guys all have one year. You might all have five more years. But for right now, go into the 2020 season and prove it. Back to what Judd said a couple minutes ago, though, in terms of, because you were getting at the limited amount of resources they have here. And if if we just start with where is the offense at and where is the defense at? The offense, by a lot of measurements, was one of the better offensive units in the NFL. It was a top seven or eight offense, and even in some measurements higher. But wasn't great on the road, wasn't great outdoors. And Kirk Cousins, even though he won a couple big games last year, primetime, playoff game, etc., still isn't fully trustworthy in some of those moments. So the offense could stand to improve for sure, right? I don't know where it would rank when you account for all those factors, but certainly not top three or five, and the offensive line has work to be done. The defense, especially now that Linville Joseph is no longer here or in his prime, Xavier Rhodes, like you look at that Vikings defense from two years ago, and all the factors that made that Vikings defense the number one unit in the NFL. Linval Joseph and Xavier Rhodes may have been two of the top three key cogs for that number one defense. They are gone. So your defense is probably more fringe top ten than than fighting to be number one now. And I think you have to now look and say, let's let's say you squeeze a couple more dollars of cap room by uh you you find a couple guys to renegotiate with or you cut another body. How can you get this defense with only maybe room for like two free agent signings, a first round draft pick, a second round draft pick, and then all bets are off after that? Yeah. Can you are, are those limited resources enough to get that defense back to being number one, or do you allocate those resources to the offense? I would lean toward what Judd's saying, which is, listen, Mike, we'll get you something. Like we'll get you a second round cornerback or something, and we'll get definitely get you like a veteran defensive tackle. Like we're not going to do nothing. But we're going to rely on you just being a great defensive mind and schemer and coach. And we're going to take the limited amount of resources we have and go all in offensively with them. We're going to get, we're going to get a, a star left tackle in the first round or free agency, whatever that looks like. And we're going to bulk up over here to help Kirk Cousins. Cause I think Kirk Cousins needs more help with these resources than Mike Zimmer probably does. And that's the way I would look at it. And that is how you have to look at it. Where do you need more help? Does Mike Zimmer need more help, or does Kirk Cousins need more help? Mike Zimmer is supposed to make guys better through his coaching, especially on the defensive side of the football. One thing we keep coming back to is Kirk Cousins doesn't necessarily make guys better. He doesn't lift the level of play of the players around him. Kirk Cousins is a product of what's around him. So it's on Mike Zimmer to get more out of what's there, more than it is on Kirk Cousins. That's just the reality you have to deal with, and if... if if the price tag upsets you and you're saying at that price, Kirk Cousins should make guys around him better, well, should is one thing. What's reality is another. And if the Vikings are going to be competitors and contenders in 2020, 
it's going to be on Mike Zimmer lifting up the level of play of the guys that he coaches on the defensive side. Gentlemen, it feels good to be Foot talking to oh, man. Sports news today. Yeah, so much sports news. So, and, and we got more. Richard Pitino is. Is there anything going on back. other than sports news? I don't even remember anything other than sports news at this point. Yeah, other than the White House just declaring just an outbreak and a national hey, emergency. Can we just pretend you know that nothing is going on other than sports news? <laughs> Those are two big words. Okay, national emergency. National emergency. Two big words. Uh, capital N. President capital told us that. Just let me be happy. The, the PGA no, Tour. No. Yeah, the PGA Tour postponed the Masters, which means Jim Nance's schedule is very free over the next couple of months. I Jonathan, let's my try life. to get Jim Nance on the show, okay? Hello. Legitimately, let's send it out and try to get Jim Nance on Hello, the show. Hello, friends. Uh, but, the, but the news on a local level today, I guess this is probably the last bit of sports-related news here because everything else has been canceled. The Minnesota State High School League did cancel the girls' and boys' basketball tournament, so that is newsworthy. Uh, Pete Najarian is a friend of the show. Uh, we usually talk about how awesome PJ Fleck is with him. He's the co-founder of Market Rebels and a former Gopher football standout, played professionally. And, and Pete, thank you for joining the show. And I guess first question for you, just from thirty thousand feet, with sure. I mean, you've got you've got your hands in 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 sports. You've got your hands in the stock market, and and you're also just an American citizen, human being that's watching this all play out over the last uh, mm-hmm. several weeks. How is coronavirus and the impact affecting you and how are you processing this as you as you survey the landscape? Yeah, it's difficult to process obviously because um this is something that's been going on for a lot longer than I think everybody understands except for the fact that it was elsewhere until it got here. And it was in China back in November, believe it or not, and then we started to see these outbreaks and moving across and you know, the effects, we knew there'd be some effects. I, I think that the reality is that nobody's ever fully prepared for how much of an effect that we would actually see here. I think I think everybody had a certain sort of like hesitation about what they were hearing about. And, well, that's that's them, not us type of a mentality, which <laughs> typical of the United States. We all are pretty uh, uh, excited people who think we're in the greatest place in the world, and we are. But that doesn't keep us from seeing the kind of spread that uh, we've seen in China, we've seen in Italy, we've seen in other parts of the world. And, you know, I think it's it's affecting everything. And you guys, obviously, your world, I, I, I can't even imagine how difficult it is because you guys are having to sit there and basically break down everything from what's going on with the Masters or what's going on with the NHL or the NFL someday, maybe. But, you know, the one thing I would say about the NFL is they're always just reactive. They're never proactive. This guy who runs the NFL, I think, is the most overpaid guy on the planet because he literally oftentimes – just waits and waits and waits for almost every decision that he he makes. And I've been critical of him for a long time just because of the fact that he gets paid so much money for what he does yeah. in what is a league that is is a layup league, and yet he's making close to $50 million a year. It's a it's an amazing thing. But I think it was really, really smart that the, NF, well, excuse me, the NHL and the NBA and all the major leagues made some of the, the decisions that they made. The one – the one place where I'm, I'm just a little bit wondering about is, is at the college ranks, the March Madness stuff. I'm not sure why you couldn't put suspensions on and then maybe make a decision and, and you know, put it off for a month and say, look, we're going to revisit this. And if it's still a danger, that's something we're not going to do and we'll absolutely cancel it. But maybe just buy some time. That was, the, that was my only disappointment, I think, of, of what's been going on. And I think everybody else has been extremely proactive and very aggressively saying, look, this is – this is too much for everybody to take, and we don't want to put people in harm's way, so let's do the smart thing. 
So, Pete, as a guy who played college sports, take me through what your observation or thoughts are on the mindset of a senior. And and a lot of these guys don't play pro, so their careers right. are are on a big stage or basically done. Take me through the mindset of a senior basketball player or a senior who's really good in their sport and their team is good. And one day yeah. you wake up and unfortunately, and it's beyond you know a lot of people's control, I get that. But mm-hmm. it's gone. Your dream is just gone. Your season is canceled. You get no chance at a national championship. You get no chance at a tournament. What do you mm-hmm. imagine they're processing through their minds? Oh, man, the incredible disappointment that you've got if you are any of those guys um, at any level, even if you're a number one seed or, or far lower than that or maybe somebody who just had to play in or whatever the case may be, that's the opportunity that you want. That's the great part of college sports in particular because – it's that opportunity that you'll never get again. You know, I, I, I've had the great opportunity to talk to a lot of kids in high school and college and even at the NFL level and just always try to impress upon them, look, when it's done, it's done. And, and in particular, um, the NFL, but I think in other sports as well. You know, the NFL, the biggest difficulty I think that a lot of those guys face is you never, ever put a helmet on again after that. You know, you can still go out and play basketball with your friends if you're a basketball guy. You can play adult baseball and some of these other sports golf and everything else but football you know you never ever put on the all the equipment ever again and um but i think in all these cases yeah it's it's a difficult thing and it's disappointing and it's hurtful and you know it's it's got to be brutal and i and i can only imagine i mean i've seen the tears i've seen i've seen the interviews and everything else of a lot of these guys but i like the idea of the potential at least the offer of some potential that maybe they could make a waiver of some sort for guys that choose to do that, that they could, guys and gals, they could participate maybe next year that did, that would not impact the scholarships that are going to be coming in and all the rest of it, but maybe there's a way around this. And that, that might be something I think pretty interesting if they can find a way to do that for the guys who want to do that. Not everybody's going to want to do that, but I think the guys who are hardcore and were really excited and this was their opportunity – They'd love to see if there's any extension out there that could maybe extend their career just a little bit longer. Because, as I say, once it's done, it's done, and you never get that back. And that's the, the great part and the, and the tough part of being in sports. Pete, there are still those who, who think that maybe what's going on in the sports world is an overreaction to the, the coronavirus. And my response to them has been, do you have any idea what must have been told to the powers that be in Major League Baseball, the NBA, and especially the NCAA, for them to turn away the millions, if not billions, of dollars that they stand to lose by putting a halt to everything in the sports world? Those guys don't like giving away money or turning mm-hmm. away money. They had to be told some pretty scary stuff behind closed doors to make the decision that they made, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think, I, I think that's the problem is initially everybody thought, well, this is just the flu again and all the rest of this. But, you know, I think they're finding out it's much more and the spread is different than others. And, and there's, you, you listen to any of these just absolute expert epidemiologists that are out there. They're, they're unbelievable. And some of these guys, one of them from the University of Minnesota, he's, he's as good, if not the best in this entire world at what his craft is. And, if you get a chance, go back and listen to Joe Rogan. I don't know if you guys like him, hate him, or whatever, mm-hmm. but he he interviewed, and that's an hour and a half of learning everything about this virus and what it really truly means and how you need to deal with it and the smart direction you need to take because 
it is something that can really be unbelievable for people. And maybe not so much for the athletes because it really is something where when you look at the fans, and, and obviously you put 78,000 people into U.S. Bank or, or, or name your stadium, you're putting people in harm's way because, unfortunately, we're in a society, and I'm not going to give you all the numbers, but I, I, I know the numbers of what the obesity levels are and high blood pressure and all the rest of it and all the different things that there are trifectas out there that if you are this, 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 and this, you do not want to have this hit your body because it is going to be an incredible impact and your percentages are just awful. So that's why I think everybody reacted the way they did, and I think it's the smart reaction. Pete Nigerian with us here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami, co-founder of Market Rebels, former Gopher football standout, friend of the show. And it, mm-hmm. it does feel like, I don't know, every 10 years or so, some, something happens, I mean, 9-11, something happens that sort of rocks the country, rocks the markets, rocks mm-hmm. sports. Uh, I don't know, maybe this is putting you on the spot, but how, how long do you think it'll take us to get back to normalcy with all of this? Is this something that... We're probably going to be, you're a 30,000-foot guy. I mean, is this something that we're mm-hmm. going to be riding out through the duration of 2020 in one way or another? I, You know, I, I don't know that it'll be that long, Phil, to be honest with you. But, you know, we, we go through these things actually more frequently than everybody ever really can comprehend. I mean, you can go back and start with AIDS and Zika and this and that and Ebola. And there there is always something, it seems like, every couple of years that does pop up. Um, and the spread of this one is what I think is so concerning because it's through the air and all the rest of it. And, you know, it's smart to wash your hands. We all know that. We, we should listen to our parents that you wash your hands, keep your hands away from your face and all the rest of this. But what I've learned is the fact that it's much more of an airborne issue. And, and so, you know, there are so many different factors in there. Now, I think that what happened today at the very end of the day, you guys were probably already on the air, but the state of emergency from the president, I think that made a heck of a lot of sense. It's, it really can confine people a little bit from, from what kind of travel they're going to probably be trying to do and all the rest of it, but it's going to free up money and it's going to free up the opportunity for people. And they even mentioned waivers, by the way. He talked about student waivers in terms of debt and some of those types of things because colleges are shutting down and everything else that's going on. But a lot of medical measures that can be done and antiviral drugs and all the rest of it, the money that's going to get thrown at that, It really could be something where it's going to persist for a while, but I wouldn't expect it to go that far, Phil. I think months makes sense to me, two, three, four months, and then we start to get a little bit more normalcy once again. But it does take some time. I was trading on the trading floors back at September 11th. That was no party whatsoever there. I mean, we're we're talking about incredible times, but that was more on the financial crisis side of things as well that followed up that that about eight years later. So there's one thing after another, and we always, you know, we're Americans, and we are are amazing how how resilient we really are, and we we bounce back very quickly, and people can kind of forget pretty quickly as well. So I think it's something that we're going to have to work through. It's going to take months, though. I don't think this is weeks. I think this is months. And, Pete, you're – I think you're – exactly right about our ability to bounce back but the difference between 2001 and now was as far as that went you know we shut down sports for a week or or so but we could sort of then say sports are going to heal us right and we're going to get back Mm -hmm. on the field and and america's going to feel good and it's going to feel pride about playing baseball again and sports Mm -hmm. uh, uh in that case sports 
was a solution. Sports made us proud again. What's different here to me and why my guess is we're not going to be playing sports again until around June 1st is nobody's mm-hmm. going to want to be the first to come back because God forbid they're wrong and they come back too quick and now it spreads again because you put people back in a stadium or arena. So the difference between mm-hmm. September 2001 to me and right now is there's going to be way more trepidation about a restart date once they shut down. I think you're right. Uh, unfortunately, I do think you're right. But but once we get past that, and it'll be something where, to your point, let's say it's in June. Um, hopefully it's sooner than that, but let's just say it's June. Sports will be, uh, and I think it'll, you know, in some ways, guys, uh, you know, it sounds crazy, but it's going to make baseball that much more interesting. And it's going to, because the shortened season and all the rest of that is going to, is going to impact how things are done and all the rest of that. And I think that will create some more excitement and people will want to get out and do things. And yeah, it's going to be a, a difficult thing and a bit of a challenge early on. But I think if we, if we do it right and, and it's not too soon, I think it'll be done the right way then. And, we, and I think we'll get that enjoyment that we need. And, and we all search that out. I'll never forget how, how sports really did. You're right. It revitalized everybody. I mean, the Whitney Houston thing down in Tampa at the Super Bowl was still the most memorable I can, I can ever remember of any, uh, beginning of a game for the, for the Super Bowl. It's just incredible. But, those are the t- kinds of things that we're going to have to deal with for a while. This is going to be a lot of people that are going to be scared, but you just have to be informed. And I think the more informed people are, and it's not panic, it's just information and knowing the reality of things, that will make it a little bit quicker, I think, in terms of how long this really lasts. Now, if people are silly and do ridiculous things, then, of, of course, we're going to have this persist a lot longer than we want it to. Uh, Pete, what what sporting event or contest, or let's say from now until middle of May, June first, are you going to miss the most in our last sixty seconds here? Yeah, you know, I, I I do at this time of year. I mean, for me, you you start getting more and more into the world of hockey and the world of basketball because you're getting closer to the end, and 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 the games really matter. You know, the, my only issue sometimes with other sports outside of football is the length of the season, the number of games, and all the rest of that. But when you see that crunch in games and it's go time. Um, I think the NBA is unbelievably exciting. I think the NHL is exciting. So, you know, those two sports particularly stand out for me as something that, you know, I, I, I'm going to miss if we're not able to watch some of that March Madness. How do, it's just crazy that we're not going to get a chance to see that. Yeah, That's Pete Nigerian, co-founder of Market Rebels, former Gopher football standout, friend of the show. And, uh, well, maybe next time we talk, it won't be such a weird, depressing time here in America. Yeah, I hear you, but I'll tell you what, up 2,000 points on the Dow, we'll take that today. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, man. All right, we'll catch up soon. Take care. All right, that's uh, that's Pete Najarian. Yeah. So later on, we will talk to Chris Wright, the CEO of Minnesota United FC. Did you guys see the tweet J. Ron Kirst just threw out? I did not. No, what? We'll get to it when we come back. Oh, Wow. J. Ron Curse tweeting something about... It's a big league tease right there. I'm not even going to look it up. I wouldn't be surprised after the break. Something about his status as a Viking. Of course he is. Okay. We'll get to that. And Richard Pitino will return as Gophers basketball coach, reportedly. Mackie and Jub with Rami here on Score North and the Score North app. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota here. Uh, you know, if, if you are interested in the best combination of safe vehicles, durable vehicles... Great safety features and technology. Toyotas are the car. That's the car. That's the car I've been driving since 2001 when I turned 16 years old. Now, if you're interested in intelligent, thoughtful, kind, 
and uh, knowledgeable people in their industry look no further than 694 Brooklyn Boulevard and that service department that, again, I've been going to since 2001. Luther Brookdale Toyota has pretty much all of it. And you'll find out when you walk even into the Luther Lounge area just how great of a facility this place is. It's like walking into a new stadium. It's like, I don't know, it's like it's like they used to have uh, the Trop 15 years ago. Then they built a new stadium and they put some of the best front office people and players in a great facility. And, and you see what happens. On it, and they put a roof on it there. Of course. At the car dealership. It is retractable, yes, though. Did you know that? I did not. Really? Yeah, on sunshiny days. Luther Brookdale Toyota has a retractable roof. No, they don't. Oh, okay. I'm just messing with you. That would be how excited you got. That would be amazing. I'll put a good word in and see if we can make that happen. 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Also... You know, I, I think it's pretty obvious here to anyone who has been paying any semblance of attention to the news the last few days and weeks. These are crazy, uncertain times in America. Uncertain times with the stock market. It seems like something happens in the world every few years that jolts our investment accounts. And it's more important than ever right now to have a reliable, steady hand navigating your retirement and investment accounts. Don't float by without somebody knowledgeable. And that person is Dale Tondrick from Tondrick Wealth Management. You don't want to make a knee-jerk decision that could cost you a lot down the road right now. You want to make sure you have somebody like Dale Tondrick, which, by the way, you'll get a face-to-face great relationship with somebody who spends his life thinking about this stuff. Leave it to the experts. I don't care whether you're 30 years old or 60 years old. There are things you can and should be doing during these trying times to make sure you get to dictate what your life looks like in retirement. You can get a hold of Dale Tondrick at Tondrick Wealth Management by calling 952-401-1671. That's 952-401-1671 or myinvestingcoach.com. Jonathan here with the Score North download. You are listening to Score North on AM 1500 and the free Score North app. Plenty of coronavirus-related cancellations, not just locally but nationally as well. Those include MLB suspending all operations and delaying the start of its season by at least two weeks. The NBA, NHL, and MLS have also suspended their seasons for the time being. Uh, The Minnesota Vikings have suspended all travel for coaches and scouts. A little closer to home, the Minnesota State High School League has canceled the girls' and boys' high school state basketball tournaments. You can find a complete list over at scorenorth.com. Again, that's over at scorenorth, S-K-O-R-North.com. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, sir. Mackie and Judd with Rami here, Score North app. And uh, I sent out on my Twitter account, at Phil Mackie, just a poll this morning, waking up, all this news that came down, sports canceled for several weeks. I mean, like, baseball's only postponed for a few weeks, but really, like, I, I, I think Judd's right. I think your instinct is right. It's... It ain't going to be April 10th. It ain't going to be May 1st. No one's going to be the... It'll be No later. one wants to be the first to come back, right? Yeah. Like, there's no reason to be like, yeah, we came back early, and now people are sick. Yeah. I'd like to ask somebody, what's the threshold? Like, what what's what's the thing that we need to see? That's been my question all along. Like, when do you come back? To get when back is it to normal. Safe to I don't, say it's okay to I don't think they know yet. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's... Again, I'm not an expert either here, but I think it's something that resembles back on the downslope of the curve of this thing, right? And right now we're still on the upslope. Right. But if it if it's all sort of under control, I think a lot of it really we not all right, we'll get to the J Ron curse thing in just a second, but now that we're down this path, there's a lot of people. I've had so many conversations on social media and just with, with people and friends and family. You're talking to people face to face now? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. Right. Texting. Okay. 
No, just you guys I don't do that other now. than this. Right. No. Yeah. This is my no only face to face interaction with people as of right now. And we should probably put plexiglass up here. I'm at not some thinking point. that's a bad idea. <laughs> so I think the I pe- feel safe. There are people who are thinking about this the wrong way. They're thinking, well, I mean, you look at some of the numbers and eighty percent of the cases, if you do contract coronavirus, are mild cases that you can sort of fight off on your own, and so therefore people are overreacting. It's not about that. It's it's a math game. If and again, these numbers might not be fully correct, but let's say even 10 to 15% of people need medical treatment when they catch it. Mm-hmm. We only have a million hospital beds in this country. It's, it's, it's less about whether you're going to be fine and more about if 100 million people contract it right. and 20 million people need hospital beds and we only have a million, that's a huge problem and that could cause well, more ripple effects and sick doctors and nurses, et cetera. You're going to overrun the system. Yes, you can over and that's that is the risk. Yeah, but you all and you also can't just say, well, if you get you're going to be fine. But if you come in contact with uh, a 72 year old person and then they get it from you and they're going to be and they're going to die, you can't be like, but that's fine. Yeah, I mean, but I I mean, there's no there's no like option here of Rudy Gobert and any professional athlete in his 20s who's finely tuned physically and gets this, is probably going to be absolutely fine. They're not going to feel great for a few days. Mm -hmm. That's not the big deal. The big deal is, who does Gobert then come in contact with? Does the Utah Jazz have an equipment guy who's 62 with diabetes, right? So, like, these are all things... I think people are like, well, he's fine. Well, okay, that's, that's, that's great, he's fine, but that's not the end game here. The end game here is who does it spread to? And if they, you can't just have people dying and be like, well, only X amount of people die. Yes, it is. That's it, not how we operate as a society. It really is. It really is it a sounds, math equation. Yes. Like it is. If it is, okay. it is amazing to me the number of people who just seem okay with old folks dying. They're like, hey man, it ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> you know or, young, or young, or young people with with you know with diabetes, right? Or heart conditions, or cancer, like any yes. anything that would compromise exactly. your immune system. Yeah, and there's so many people who are just like, oh, they were gonna die soon anyway. So oh, why don't geez. they stay home? Like, why do I got to? Why don't all them stay so home? Ventline got a call that said exactly that today. These people should self-quarantine themselves, and the rest of us can just go about our business. So, just if you're, so basically, we're just going to say if you're over the age of seventy and or you have one of those, I can't go visit my can't. parents. <laughs> is, that, yeah. is that really yeah. a thing? Well, honestly, so yeah. I mean, my, so my dad lives in Arizona. My dad has my dad has lung failure. He has stage four COPD, which mm. it means like he if if he catches any whiff of 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 uh, coronavirus, he dies within a week. Right. And like I, I was trying to not to make this all cryptic, but like I was trying to plan a trip. We have Hubbard Studios in Arizona and in, in Phoenix, and so Judd and I have done the show before with me in Phoenix, and so I do a little wraparound weekend here, like late March, early April. Sure, go hang out with my dad. And I was on the phone with him the other day, and I said before this got to this point, even, and I said I, I don't know, like if there's even a ten percent chance I'm carrying it, there is a one hundred percent chance you don't make it. If you like, you are the higher risk person. Yes, and so I like I. I'm less worried about how am I going to feel if I get it. Hopefully, fine. But if he gets it, he can, there's no way his body can fight it off. And I and that I feel like that's the way not to tell people how to live their lives here, but that's the way we should be thinking about this less selfishly, more second level. Absolutely, and that's why it's so concerning, so, right? Yeah, like that. That's the, the one thing I don't get is people We're a who bit are of a selfish society. <laughs> yeah. Well, we want our games to go on. 
Yeah. I mean, that's our problem is we just don't understand why the NCAA men's basketball tournament had to be canceled. And, yeah. you know. So, anyways, to loop it back around to the original point, I sent out a tweet uh, at Phil Mackey on Twitter here. I said, hey, consumers of sports radio, sports podcasts, sports social media, in the short term with no live sport, but with but with coronavirus still likely a massive part of the news cycle, what type of content do you want to consume? And I gave four options. Coronavirus talk and updates. Reminisce about local teams, because there's no actual games going on. Uh, fun non-sports discussion. Or all of the NFL rumors. And 10%, only 10% of you said coronavirus talk and updates. And so, not that this is, like, 3,000 people have voted on this, and I think it's a pretty good sample. I think, like, I think this is probably pretty reflective of how our show is going to be. Like, today it'll be a little more intensive because this is still new, and we'll talk about it with Chris Wright. But, like, once we get into next week and beyond, I think our strategy on this show is going to be, we'll definitely keep you posted. There's definitely going to be news popping up every single day, and we will be all over it. But it seems like you probably want us to be a reprieve. You want to be entertained. Uh, or in the case of some of these other options, 33% of you just want all of the NFL rumors. Which brings us to J. Ron Curse's Twitter account. If we could indulge for just a brief moment. So this started with an account, Vikings Central, MN Vikings Central, six hours ago said, I continue to believe the Vikings' number one priority this offseason is to re-sign Anthony Harris. And then somebody responded and said, you benefit a lot from uh, playing across Harris and Smith. I think we could probably just re-sign J. Ron Kirst to take Anthony Harris's spot, and then he would get the rub of playing next to Harrison Smith. And Vikings Central said, yeah, I think J. Ron would want to come back. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't you did know. J Ron J Ron chime in. J Ron chimes in. Oh boy. And says, No, J Ron doesn't want to come back. <laughs> Third person. Oh, that is great. <laughs> you know what? That's I'm good. I'm good. That's the type of forthcoming tweet we need from Stefan Diggs. That is what I like to call clarity. There's nothing ominous about that right there, boy. That's boy, telling I think, you. I think J-Ron that's telling would love you what to come it back. is. Yeah, yeah. Come play next to Harrison Smith. Uh, J-Ron, narr- J-Ron, the narrator. He ain't coming back. Wow. J-Ron wow. Not come back. That is amazing. <laughs> I have a new level of respect for J. Ron Kurz. That's outstanding. So I'm guessing him and him and Mike Zimmer, him and Rick Spielman. He's been complaining via Twitter about his role for a good four months. What else has he been saying on Twitter? Oh, he gets on there and whines constantly about his role and how he's not used, and it's it very it's a very odd place to take your gripes if you if you want to play in this league. Because my question becomes this. What team out there is going to say, you know, we see you complain a lot on Twitter, but you'll be ha- you'll be happy here, and you're a former, I believe, seventh round pick. Yeah. So we really want to sign you. If you're a first round pick, you could probably have a bit of leeway there. But uh, yeah, he's been. If you go back through his tweets, he's complained throughout the last four or five months about his role and how he's used. Amazing. So Jaron Curse, he confirms that he is not going to come back to That's the hilarious. Minnesota Vikings. That he went third person. Like do, you, said. do you guys think percent chance they bring back Anthony Harris, who's going to wind up? What does Harrison Smith make? Ten, ten, twelve million? I don't have it in front of me. I mean, Anthony Harris is going to look at the top safeties on the market and how, say, "How can hey, you? No, there should you be zero. twenty million dollars to two safeties. Zero percent chance. Yeah." That that would That's be the half most, of your remain. If you gave him ten, it's half of your yeah, current salary cap. That would space. be the most fiscally irresponsible thing. And I'll go back to, to the fact that as good as Harrison Smith is, you guys, you cannot pay two safeties like that. Paying one safety like that is a major investment. 
So am I really going to... Now, if Anthony Harris played cornerback and was at the top of his game like he is right now as a safety, I'd probably consider something for him. But at safety and to have those guys side by side, absolutely not. No, I and he's a really good player and turned himself into um, an exceptional player. But I can't do that. They have, can't do that. Have we discussed the uh, latest uh, Stefan Diggs tweets while we're on Vikings players' tweets? Wait, like from today? Uh, they're a couple days old, but I don't think we ever read Whoa. them here on the air. Well, we got to some, we got to the Cardinals jersey one. This is post Cardinals jersey. I this think we like, need. So there's more since the Cardinals jersey one. Oh yeah, yeah. Now this happened uh, Wednesday night. He tweeted this out. Well, then we better throw it over to the Stefan Diggs cryptic tweet alert desk. Absolutely. With Rami Macklin. On March 11th, he tweeted out, I grew one inch, dot, dot, dot. I can't lie. I'm excited. What? I don't know what that means. That the next tweet said. Or did he measure his height wearing cleats, perhaps? You assume he's talking about his height. Then he said, uh, that'll make me damn near 16, dot, dot, dot. And then, uh, yes, also on uh, Wednesday, he tweeted out, Y'all, W, Y A W, be safe out there, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, he's, he's no, talking he's about, I assume that's about the corona, the- but what is this thing that he grew an inch? You don't he's, grow an inch at his age. Can't you? He's trying to drive his trade value up, which would be dumb if he wants to leave. Well, he's he going to the Cardinals, right? No, I think he can grow. I think you can grow. How old is Stephon Diggs? Like twenty six. You don't grow an inch at the age of twenty six. Let's find out. Hold on a second. Google. When do you stop growing? Google. Exactly right. That's the great thing about. uh, Yeah. Is there is there evidence of like like when when like the oldest is like a Guinness Book of World Records when the oldest person stopped growing? Fifty year old Judd Zolgad grew three inches last year. Hold on a second. Judd, have you shrunk yet? Um, that I, starts to happen. My, po- my posture has most, been so bad for so long <laughs> that I probably have shrunk, but I started to shrink at 45. Most boys will stop growing taller by age 16 and will usually have developed fully by 18. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so Stefan Diggs yeah. is full of crap. Wait, wait, wait. But Rami didn't. If he's talking about his height. Rami did not Google the key here. What? What's the latest a human being can grow? Yeah, you're talking about the average. Yeah, the average Stefan person. Diggs is not average, okay? What's the latest? Well, this is a bunch of BS. These are the hard hitting updates. That's <laughs> <laughs> what happens when yeah. oh, wait. canceled. Human beings are known to grow in height right really from is. birth to around 20 to 22 years, so we're getting closer. That's still, he's 26. We're four years beyond. Late growth spurt. There's no way he grew an inch in height. Stop. That's not possible. Stop. That's not possible. I thought the same thing and I didn't say it, okay? <laughs> As Jonathan just said, if you're wondering. What happens when live sports go hey, away to Sports Talk Radio? We got podcast. two guys. <laughs> this, is weird this, is this, is day, this right here is it. This we've is got it. two veterans released today, okay? This is a great sports day. One day and we've got 60 back. to go. Yeah, actually, the Patino thing, we should get to that. We should get to that because, I don't know. I mean, this just, just to lay it out there. So Richard Patino's conference record now after they went 8-12 they went and 12 in conference. They did win their first game of the Big Ten tournament, and maybe they would have beat Iowa. But 48-82. and 82, uh, one finish in the top six in conference in seven years. I've always been a supporter. I think he's a good coach. He's only 37 years old. I think he's going to wind up having a really good coaching career. He hasn't been as great recruiting as he probably could be in the state of Minnesota. There are definitely things to nitpick. I think that conference record, it's that conference record is definitely skewed by two disaster seasons. But to what degree did they just, I mean, it would be super tone deaf to enter a coaching search with coronavirus sweeping the country. Like I think this is going to wind up happening to a lot of 
a lot of universities and yeah, schools out there are just like, well, it's, even if we were considering making a change here, like, let's just listen. And you've got so many things now logistically to concern yourself with as far as athletes go and yeah. if seniors are going, are going to come back. Yeah, and, maintain stability. And you're probably ultimately going to lose some of the pool, or not probably, you are going to lose some of the potential TV pool of uh, cash that would come into your school. So if you were going to pay him two mil, like let's say they they were going to say, okay, we'll wait till June to fire him. Then does the buyout go up by then? So yeah, I'm with you, Phil. I think that this whole thing probably helped coaches who were not going to be gone, but you were like, yeah, are they going to be fired? There's a compelling case to fire them. This is probably not going to be the year they're fired. Yeah. Um, did you guys see the Fred Hoiberg video the other night? Yeah, dude. What was he doing coaching? Well, he said that he 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 was checked and cleared before the game. Oh, he did now. Yeah, cleared of what? The coronavirus, see, but not was, the flu. I guess flu. not. Yeah, he said he had, yeah after the game they diagnosed. Also, him with he the didn't flu. get a coronavirus test before the game. There's, he, right? I think he's full of BS because they took him. So so he said he was feeling okay, not great at the start of the game, and then. To Phil's point, I think they showed him on the bench and he's hunched over with it's like his passing out. Yes, and they rushed him to the hospital. And for the first time that I can recall, we actually rejoiced that a guy was uh, diagnosed with uh, type A, I think, influenza. We're like, yeah, it's a- but what are you doing? Dude, I, honestly, <laughs> like, hey, it's the flu. It's the, it's the normal flu that's making you throw up. Dude, I saw that video and my first thought was, I've I've always kind of had a thing in my head, like, boy, if Fred Hoiberg's ever available, not to coach the Timberwolves, but to coach. The- because he was he was a front office guy and a player for the Timberwolves here, and there's a, like Minnesotans sort of built a connection with Fred Hoiberg. And well, if he ever became available, he'd be really good as the Gophers coach. Honestly, after watching that video, this might be an overreaction. I would never hire that guy <laughs> <laughs> ever. Like, think about how ridiculously irresponsible and reckless that was during yes. a coronavirus outbreak. And even if he knew it was the flu, what are you doing? Like, why are you? Your team is terrible. The guy, the the assistant coach next to him was literally like bathing in hand sanitizer and leaning as far over as possible. <laughs> they quarant- Dude, they what are you doing? The team, yes. I, I don't think he knew a thing. Like, is, he that, is he that? Like, I always thought he's oh, he's an intelligent guy. Or right? I mean, Rami followed him when he was the Bulls coach because yeah. he's a Bulls fan. But I just I, I saw that video and I'm like, I would never hire that guy. I don't know if I would that Zero far, awareness. but that that is that is a painful lack of awareness, man. And what's going on right now? And just period, like. Stop trying to be the tough guy. Nobody's impressed that you showed up to work sick. I'm not just talking to Fred Hoiberg right now. I'm talking to everybody. No one is impressed. They're grossed out. Okay? We don't want you around. If you're sick, we don't want you around. Nobody's impressed. You're not helping. You're hurting. Go home. Go home. God, you're so right. It's like, what do you... If you're if you're still being coronavirus tough guy, right? <laughs> you use hand sanitizer. It smells like peach. I ain't gonna put that on my hands, right? We all know that person. Congratulations, you score air quotes cool points in the moment. That's it. Like, what are you doing? But why is somebody with the Nebraska program not there for a Big Ten tournament game to be like, dude, you're not coaching? Dude, if you're an assistant coach, just elbow the guy. And they like, had to quarantine the whole team. So so they kept real. the team there because they were concerned it was the coronavirus, and then they were going to have to test the entire team. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. What is the one, let's assume sports are off the table, live sports are off the table until middle of May, so for, for two more months. What's the What's the single sporting event or the single I'll just say single sporting event you guys can answer however you want that you're going to miss the most see I don't know 
I'm gonna get I'm gonna get mine. It's just gonna be pushed back. Like we might not get the NBA playoffs. This might just be the end of the NBA season, depending on the timeline of this thing. Same thing with the NHL. NCAA has already called off the tournament, which I'm all for airing on the side of caution, but that was a surprising move to me that they wouldn't say we're canceling it for now and we'll assess the situation and yeah. see if we can pull it off at a later date. But again, airing on the side of caution makes all the sense in the world to me. But the thing I'll miss most in terms of getting it in this chunk of the calendar that it looks like we're going to be sportsless is opening day for me, man. Opening day behind the Super Bowl is number two on my sports calendar. Before, and I talked about this on Score North Live today, weekdays, noon or two, you can go and listen to it on the Score North app anytime you want. Totally free app, by the way. Before I started working in this business, opening day was like a holiday for me. I made sure I had the day off from work. In college, if I had classes, they just weren't getting attended. On opening day, I went and got or made a party sub, a large bag of chips, some kind of cookie or donut, and a large quantity of you. them. I'm with you on all this. I would, I would two have, liters of Coke. I would grill a full pack of hot dogs on my Foreman grill Outstanding. and just eat them all. And just, it was just me and baseball all day, the first love of my life. It was just me and the first love of my life all day long celebrating the greatest game in the world. And, like, I don't do that now because I work in sports and I've achieved the goal of watching sports and talking about them and getting paid okay for it. Um, but it's still, like, to, for me, it's a holiday and it's a sign of, like, warm weather and sun and, you know what I mean? Like, the fun part of the year. And we're just, we're like I said, we're going to get it. It's just going to get pushed back couple weeks, a month, who knows? We're going to get it, but I'm still going to miss not getting it when we use it. So Rami says, Rami says baseball opening day. What about you, Jed? I got a top five for you quickly. Top five? Top five. Wow, I didn't know we were coming up with power rankings. Number one, first day, and I'm not Mr. Basketball, first day, so Thursday, NCAA tournament. That's also a great day on the I sports calendar. It is a, yeah. it is a it's fun just day. so much fun because you're flipping around constantly. Yep. Two, hockey playoffs. Three, Rami's. MLB opening day, not as special as it used to be, but it's still a fun day, and it needs to be in April. So mm-hmm. if opening day is in June, sorry, that doesn't really count to me. Uh, four is to see if the Wild could have made the playoffs because it's a topsy-turvy year. And five might surprise you, but day one of the Masters. I actually really enjoy It's the I, – I don't love golf, but when I do watch golf, I do it. With the azaleas in the background and Jim Nance. The babbling brooks. Hello, oh, friends. From the 18th Tower. Let's throw it to Vern at 14. By the way, this is the number one sporting event I will miss in the next two months. The Master. And you'll have to wait till July when it's hot. But July July is when the British Open takes place. You'll have place. to wait till June when it's played back-to-back with That's the U.S. Open. The US Open it's just not going to be the same, right? Mm-hmm. That's my point about opening day. In fact, cue the baseball music if you'd be so kind. Welcome to opening day in baseball. It's June 4th. <laughs> it's the start of a 125-game truncated season. No, John, no. I'm Chip Carey. No. And there's a fly ball. Fisted to right. <laughs> there's a fly ball to left that's caught by the right fielder. We're back after this. There's a line drive to left, caught out there. Wait, no, I don't know what's happening. Bobby Higginson has fallen down and is rolling around. (laughs) Man, June 4th, man. So wait a second. So Rami was telling us before the show, let's say baseball doesn't start for a month or six weeks or eight weeks or whatever it is, that they still 
are planning on maybe just playing the full season, time shifted, and running it into December? November, December. <laughs> yeah. No, Actually, that's fire, bad, that's fire bad news up, for the Twins. Fire up that baseball music again. Let me give you another scenario. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Game 1 of the World Series. It's Christmas Eve. I'm Joe Buck here along with John Smoltz. There's snow on the ground, but we're playing baseball, folks. Merry Christmas, everybody. Actually, you know what we might achieve? If they do your plan, my goal, neutral site World Series. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. Moving late games in the season and in the postseason to neutral sites with retractable roofs or warm weather. Wow. So uh, get ready to lose late season games and postseason games, Twins fans, because they wouldn't no, hashtag a put a roof on it. No, I told them I'll take that. I'm fine with it. It's not unnecessary you know what? at all. Take your World Series games to Miami. I don't Actually, care what you, know you what? get. If you wind up playing the Yankees literally anywhere but the House of Horrors in, in New York, it might be helpful. If you have to go play it at the Trop or something. The Fire trop. up the baseball music. <laughs> trop. <laughs> Welcome to the Trop, everybody. Sign of the 2020 World Series. It's a new year. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Seriously. It's January 2nd, 2021. The upper deck is closed for this World Series game. Tonight's attendance, 6,027. Or is it something like this? Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> It's World Series Game 1, at least for the Yankees and the Dodgers. For all 28 other teams, it's pitchers and catchers reporting. Thanks for watching the World Series, everybody. I'll be right back for the Super Bowl. I'm Joe Buck. Thank you very much. And coming, coming up tomorrow, the Dodgers and Yankees play a spring training game. But before that, they square off in Game 7 of the World Series. And you'll be able to watch all of these. On America's fastest growing TV brand, a TCL TV. That's right. TCL is your home for the most entertainment and sporting options, streaming or otherwise. I don't care if you're a cable satellite subscriber or if you're a cord cutter like two-thirds of this room. YouTube TV, Hulu, you can watch all kinds of live programming. And if you're a sports fan... Every possible sports platform is represented. And if you're a wrestling geek, they haven't canceled anything wrestling related. But when they do, I've got the WWE Network and the entire archive with that built-in Roku device. TCL, like I said, is sweeping the nation, not in the same way that this other thing has been sweeping the nation, as America's fastest-growing TV brand. You can find TCL TVs inside any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. Go check them out. Let's also talk about Dale Tondrick here in Tondrick Wealth Management. It is more important right now than ever before to have a reliable, steady hand navigating your retirement and investment accounts. I mean, today, the market on the upswing, the last couple days, on a downswing we haven't seen for, I don't know, 10, 12 years in this country. You don't want to make knee-jerk decisions during volatile market times that could cost you a lot down the road. Tondrick Wealth Management will help you set up a plan to make sure you are on the right track financially for retirement. Rami, quarantine yourself. You don't want I'm going to, home, guys. Bye. You, don't, you don't want to make rash, bad decisions, okay? Uh, with Dale Tondrick, you'll meet face-to-face with someone who spends his life thinking about this self. Dale's life's work is literally helping people save and stockpile money for retirement and helping people navigate uncertain market conditions. Call Tondrick Wealth Management today at 952-401-1671.
That's 952-401-1671 or go to myinvestingcoach.com and start preparing your playbook for retirement. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. And if there is baseball on April 9th, something went really, really well across the country. But the expectation at this point among almost everybody is that we're not going to see baseball until May. Right. There will be a draft in that teams will select players. Uh, but the question is to what extent they can have a large public gathering. As of now, obviously the reason these things are being canceled is because we don't want large public gatherings. And we're talking about six weeks from now. So the, the league has to make a decision on this pretty quickly. A couple nuggets there from ESPN's coverage of the coronavirus impact on sports. Uh, yesterday was the big wave of sports news Today, a couple other things trickling out, including the PGA Tour has now postponed the Masters. And here in the Twin Cities, the Minnesota State High School League has canceled the girls and boys basketball tournaments. Uh, Yesterday, among sports leagues making decisions, MLS and Minnesota United postponed uh, or delayed or suspended their season for uh, at least 30 days. And, And Chris Wright is the CEO of Minnesota United FC joining us here on Mackie and Joe with Rami and Usually when we have you on, Chris, it's for joyous occasions and openings of stadiums and and uh, and we're having fun. But we brought you on this time because we just, uh, quite frankly, we appreciate your 30,000-foot insight into, uh, into big topics. And I guess we want to know, not only from MLS and Minnesota United's perspective, but just your perspective having been in the sports world for a long time, uh, what, do you, what do you make of coronavirus and the impact on sports and society? Yeah, I mean, what an incredible time that we're we're in. I mean, it's completely uncharted territory for um, for all of us. Um, had a had a great conversation with Dave Peter yesterday um, around everything that is going on. You know, actually here in the Twin Cities, but also nationally. But then in in our sport, um, you know, the impact sort of worldwide. Um, and honestly, um, you know, I've been in the game in some way, shape, or form for just over forty years. And I don't know that I have ever been part of or had to help manage a situation like the one that we're going through. And, uh, you know, when was the last time other than probably 9-11 for maybe about 10 days, I think, because it was obviously in September. Um, and I think Major League Baseball, if I remember correctly, shut down for about 10 days. I think that we're going to see a period of time here where basically none of the professional sports leagues are going to operate within a window of at least 30 days. And when did that ever happen in, in the history of sports in the United States? So it's completely uncharted. It's different territory for us all. And um, obviously the great thing is I think that you've got some incredible professionals in this marketplace on so many different levels that are trying to sort of manage this situation uh, and we will get through it, and we will come out on the other side of it. So, Chris, ordinarily, the teams and leagues can get a feel for, for things and when to come back and play, and they can basically make that call, and and there's a genuine feel for the right timing. How different, and, and I guess the word is how weird is this, because it largely is out of 
the leagues and the teams control because it's up to the scientists, doctors, and those people as far as direction. So how how uncertain or murky is this whole thing as it begins about when you are going to come back and play? Because it could be a month, but they could say no 60 days. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there is all of that. And the one thing that I would say to your to you and to your listeners um, is that um, this just didn't happen over the last 48 hours. So on, on so many different levels that we could get into, um, even on the local level here, all of your professional sports teams, the University of Minnesota, the NCAA that is bringing events here, et cetera, have been on regular conference calls uh, that have included um, Jan Malcolm's department, the uh, State Department of Health, and Governor Walz's department uh, and the, the governor's office. So we have been tracking with each other locally um, you know, for probably the, at least the last um, maybe two, two and a half weeks or so as the corona, uh, coronavirus sort of escalated, and especially on the West Coast uh, and now on the East Coast, and slowly but surely it's finding its way uh, in a bigger way to the Midwest. So we have all been part of um, a, a group that has been coming together to really try and get all of the professional leagues and, and their representatives in this city, as well as the the, uh, the the State Department of Health and the governor's office, all on the same page. Um, that That is really, really important. On a go-forward basis, we have regular conference calls um, at least once a week going forward during this 30-day uh, period already planned, already scheduled, already on the books as we go towards what is almost like um, a self-imposed deadline to really review the situation again and see whether or not um, is it safe to go back out and play. And obviously you've got a tremendous number of stakeholders uh, from your players to your coaching staff to your business staff and most importantly, uh, your fans, your partners, and all of the key stakeholders that are involved with every franchise. So there will be a coordinated effort both locally, and all of that is going on nationally as well. All of the leagues are speaking with each other. All of the leagues are talking to the CDC and the WHO. Um, all of the players' associations are talking to each other. So in the end, it will take a massive coordinated effort of everybody to get all of sports back up and running, you know, when the timing is appropriate. Have you been given, not from a timeline standpoint, but just from a, a data and, and scientific standpoint, a threshold that we need to reach in terms of containing this thing where it will be safe to come back again? I think that I think that would clear it up for some folks if we knew exactly what point it was that we were trying to get to before things got back to normal. Have you been given any sort of indication as to that? No, I, I, I think obviously that is the next phase maybe of what we are going through. Um, you know, what will be the benchmarks? What will be the signs? What will be uh, the indicators that would allow us to believe that all of our fans and our spectators and our supporters could be safe, would be safe, uh, inside of facilities like Allianz Field, U.S. Bank Stadium, Target Field, Target Center, the Excel Energy Center, etc. So I think that that will begin to happen on a local level. The, but an even bigger piece of it is really if you begin to take a look at the footprint of all franchises around the country, um, you know what, 
what has got to happen is that we've got to look after maybe our weakest link. What is what is the market where uh, the coronavirus, for all intents and purposes, is still alive and and uh, doing its you know awful work inside of that community? Uh, where is it continuing to spread, etc.? So um, you know there are franchises like in our league in in Seattle, um, which had to cancel games early. Uh, San Jose immediately that we had played there over last weekend. Uh, immediately had to sort of cancel games before actually the leagues themselves started to shut down. So there will be a tremendous amount of work that we'll go into and the scientists will take over. And I think that's one one thing that I would say some of the belief and confidence that we have in some of the leadership, particularly in the governmental agencies that we're interfacing with is second to none. Um, There are some incredible scientists, doctors, uh, research analysts who are involved with this that are so far above my pay grade that really truly understand the disease. It's, it's incredible, this incredible virus that is creating all of the harm that it is. Um, they're the ones who we would all have to lean into to say what are the indicators uh, so that we could bring our fans back and celebrate our uh, respective sports again in our stadiums. CEO of Minnesota United, Chris Wright, joining us here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. What Can you give us an idea just behind the scenes, just based on the speed of the news and the developments this week? We went from zero to 100 so fast, it seemed like. Um, how How did the speed of these developments impact you guys behind the scenes? I mean, we're... Because because we went we went from all right home opener is coming up this weekend and then literally you know forty eight hours later you know the NBA has canceled and MLS was out front and Wick, were you at some point discussing playing in front of no fans and then had to pivot again how did the speed and 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 just how quick this this stuff spread uh, affect you guys um, well let let me talk about two different things and 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 you've just gone to sort of playing um, you know in empty stadiums uh, that has never been a consideration in our league and all of all of our teams have been um, adamant about wanting to find a way to try and play the entire 2020 season so um, you know we we are looking at a 30-day window uh, where uh, working with the CDC and the World Health Organization and all of the great professionals who are working on this we hope uh, that we could get to 30 days out and maybe there is a subsidence of this, the spread of the virus uh, in not only our market, but throughout the country. Um, our our plan then is, and we're already knee deep in sort of um, helping our league sort of plan this. Uh, we've already submitted dates back into the league for all of the makeup dates that we will lose in this first 30 window. Uh, 30-day window. We have four games that have been postponed at this point that we would need to reschedule um, into our season. The other option for our league is actually extending uh, the league to maybe uh, the the middle of November. And so as we go about that planning, um, you know, we're looking at dates all the way through maybe to the middle of November, including playoff dates, obviously. Um, to reschedule games that maybe are postponed at this point. So there's a tremendous amount of contingency planning that is going on um, around, you know, how do we still have all of our teams play a full season? Um, 
the I mean the the other point that you were uh, making about the, the the fluidity I, I I call it the fluidity of the situation. Um, really, we have we didn't know that it was coming, but we're in sports. You are always planning for different contingencies, and this one started. Um, um, you know, quite some time ago, I would say that probably we have been looking at what the virus has been doing and how it's been impacting particularly our sport in Europe. If you think about everything that's going on in Italy right now, uh, the, the EPL has just closed down the league, I believe, through April 3rd in England. Uh, the French League went behind closed doors. Um, there are a number of Spanish teams now, Barcelona, Real Madrid, that are on lockdown. There are a number of coaches around the world that unfortunately have contracted the disease. Some owners have it. The owner of Olympiacos, Nottingham Forest, have contracted the uh, disease. So we have been monitoring and looking at that. So as a league, we have been preparing for the eventuality of maybe postponing some games for a long time. So, um, Obviously, um, when when the NBA decided to uh, make the bold move of, um, of of closing down for a period of time, given the situation that happened in Utah, right. um, that was a telltale sign for every league to very very quickly sort of get in line behind that, knowing that an athlete, a professional athlete in this country, had contracted um, you know the virus. Um, and, and so it was a pretty easy decision, I, I, I believe, from there for all of the other leagues to make the call. That is Chris Wright, CEO of Minnesota United FC. And listen, we we know this has been a crazy week for you, and we appreciate you just sort of shedding some light on on uh, your process as an organization and uh, just sort of taking us behind the curtain of how crazy this is for, for leagues and organizations, and we hope to catch up again sometime soon for happier reasons, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, your team's good. Yeah, you're, good, yeah, you're, Chris. You're, you're one of the best teams in MLS, yeah. and we'll talk about that at some point when it comes back. <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, we're 2-0, we're and, oh, and exactly. uh, you know, we, go, we go into this small break almost on top of the West, so happy with that. Awesome, man. All right, take care, Chris. See ya. Thanks, guys. So, um, yeah, he's, he's just one of the more insightful I think smart sports leaders you'll find in the country, and he's been here for a long time too. Because what the, the strikers in indoor soccer in the '80s, I believe, and then the Wolves forever. Yep, yeah. So he's seen a lot here. But I mean, like, uh, can you guys imagine having to sit there and, and and now just all the logistical things that you have to figure out going forward? From okay, everything from ticket refunds to travel and all the different accommodations when seasons get shifted. Rami's point, I think, is spot on. I think the NBA and National Hockey League are in serious jeopardy of ha- having to shut down and cancel. Even though, even if they did like a shortened playoff stretch or something, you know, best of I five, think it depends, best I think of three. I think it depends on June, how, what the timeline is that we're talking if about. If we're out till June first, I think they're done. Here's really? why. Okay. Here's why. You're going to have to have training camp again. Like you can't bring them back on June first and be like, hit the court, boys, and you're fine, or the ice. I think there. I think there comes a point in time where it's financially it's going to be hell and it's really bad, but it's also going to be hell to try and play into July or something. And and let's just say that this goes till June first. Can you really bring players back? You got to condition them then again for a while. And now and now you're going to truncate your playoffs. And at some point in time too, I think you've got to look at what your playoff format would be and say, is this a complete joke? 
And now hockey might say, bleep it, we'll do it, because they're desperate for the fans in the in the uh, buildings. But I really do believe that it wouldn't. It would not shock me if the players association also comes back and says training camp still starts early. We're not going to play up until let's say July twentieth, and then come back for training camp. So then, well, okay. So two part question. Let's let's play this out here because I all right. Two part question is how much time would you need, including a training camp of some kind and playoffs? How much time would you need to complete all of those things? I'll start with that question. I got I got a follow up too, because I think you, you probably need like two weeks, ten days to two weeks of a training camp. Uh, that's, just to, what I, right? that's what I was thinking. Like ten weeks to two days to give these guys the time to get ready to play, and then and, the, and usually it's two months of playoffs for both. That's what I was just going to say. Could, so could you even, get it to one? Month? Even if you want to cram it and condense it, we're talking about a month and a half, one month maybe. If you're going to cut out games and make them best of five series rather than best of seven series which I'm sure all these options are on the table right now as they look at different timelines and what might be mm-hmm. possible, you might be able to get the playoffs in in a, in a month, month and a half. So you probably still need almost two months right. to get it all in. Let's say it goes to June 1st. This is the second part of my question. I would rather, as an owner and as a franchise and as a player, I would now the teams that don't make the playoffs wouldn't agree with this, but I would rather cut regular season games off of next year's schedule and start those seasons in like December if I could play the playoffs between June and July and August this year. You know, if it was, well, we can't we can't play the playoffs in August because the season starts in October and it's too much of a time crunch, I'd say, well, cool, then the season doesn't start in October anymore. Next season for both sports is 60 regular season games or 65 or whatever, and it starts around Christmas. I, I would which rather is a take fan, that Which is a fan I love. But I don't know if they would do that. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of math to be done here. But I do think that there's a conversation for both sports of are you going to have a playoff? Do you care about having a playoff system that gets you a a true champion, or do you just try something that is fun? But and basically say the 2019-20 season for for potentially hockey and basketball is just a wash. It's just done, and we're going to have some type of fun tournament for a playoff champion. Or do you say, we'll put an asterisk by it, it's really unfortunate, but we can't do it, it's done? See, I would... Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, would, I would look to crown a champion. I really think, first of all, best of seven series are, are done. At this point, there, there's no way you can do best of seven series if you want to take the full 16-team playoff brackets. I suppose one option could be... If, if, well, two options would be get to best of three or best of five series and just do a sprint playoff, right? And have have sixteen teams have your first have your first round be the same in terms of teams, but just do best of three, best of five, whatever it looks like. The other option would be you don't take sixteen playoff teams; you take eight playoff teams instead. You basically cut them off and you say, "Hey, in the NBA, there's like three teams under five hundred so in the playoff total? bracket." Anyways, you take eight teams so four and, total, four so and four, four and four, and you would, and then you could maybe even play some best of sevens. You'd crown a champion that way. Maybe the NBA Finals and the NHL Stanley Cup Finals are both seven-game series. You could look to do it that way, too. But you'd be saying goodbye to the to the five seeds in each... The number five seed in each conference would not make the playoffs. Yeah. I could see We're it, looking at something like that happening, though. Right. Or, or do they just get to a point where it lasts too long and they say, we're just done? I don't know. I, I think that's a real possibility. That. I would hate to see it, too, but I think it's a real possibility. You're going to have... 
as much as you might not like this, you are going to have certain traditionalists fight that tooth and nail. And I don't know if there's a ton of them, but there would be a large fight to say, we basically played 2019-20 for nothing, and now this is a one-off sort of fun playoff thing. There's going to be people that hate that idea. But it also comes back to if ESPN slash ABC say, oh, no, we'll take that, they might just say, okay, fine. You know, in the NBA... There's so many different scenarios here. Yeah, if you're a player in the NBA, if you're LeBron James or you're Kawhi Leonard, not that not that they necessarily are thinking this way, but I would be thinking this way on their behalf. The Golden State Warriors are going to get Steph Curry and and uh, Clay Thompson and probably somebody else on their roster next year. Like, the Warriors are going to be back and maybe not the absolute best team, but, like, you're out... You're, it is so wide open for a bunch of teams to win a championship this year. Like the Bucks can win a championship this year. LeBron James is going to be what he's like thirty five years old. He it's not like he has ten more years left to win championships. I bet you the players are going to be fighting for. It. Listen, I don't care what it looks like if it's mm-hmm. if it's a best of three series to crown a conference champ and then a best of three series in the finals, let us play for a championship. The te- especially the teams that have a real chance at a championship. Like you said, LeBron, How often the are the Clippers, Bucks going to have a Bucks. chance to win the championship? The Bucks are going to go down as the Expos. <laughs> it's so true. I think that's exactly right. That's a great call. <laughs> right? The 94 the, Expos. The that's Bucks a great call. As, man, remember how good that team was where they had to but cancel you know basketball? That was awesome. But you know what? We always assume... And we might be totally wrong that the 94 Expos would have won the World Series. Yeah. So we sort of crowned them ourselves. Yeah. So the Bucks Pedro, might be man. the 2019, they would have been NBA champions. I don't think anything Love is it. coming back until there is an all clear from either the World Health Organization or our own government and the CDC. Nobody, because Judd keeps bringing it up, nobody wants to be the ones who made the wrong call on this thing, who came back too early, and it's your fault that... <laughs> Yeah, no, that, you're so num- right. that number spiked again. At least if yeah. at least if they wait and for the okay from the World Health Organization or the CDC, they can throw up their hands if things go bad and go, "Hey, man, they said it was cool. They said we could come back. Not not our fault. No skin off our back." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think I don't think any of these leagues are gonna take the liability of making that decision on their own. And you know what? I don't blame them. I don't blame them one bit. Again, throughout this whole thing, I'm gonna keep saying. It makes sense to me. I don't know for sure. None of us know for sure because the vast, vast majority of us aren't experts. And even those who are haven't actually lived through this to know what are the right decisions or right course of action to take. But for me, the reasonable thing, the sensible thing seems to be let's err on the side of caution. Right? Agreed. What's the the harm in being too careful or overreacting? Right. The harm in... The harm in being, oh, this is overblown guy is you're wrong and millions and millions more people get this and die, et cetera, et cetera. And the scariest thing that, that I've read about this is that there is at least a slight expectation that it's going to die off as it gets warmer into the summer and then rear its head again in the fall when it gets colder. Well, the flu becomes dormant. It doesn't die. It just becomes dormant right. in warmer weather. But that doesn't mean that but, there aren't still carriers walking around spreading it to each other and yeah. it's just waiting but to show up But there has to be again. then a whole new concern exactly. about November, for instance, here, right? Right. And if if it comes back, now we're back square one. Yeah, yeah. I've been looking. I've I've been reading. I'm not doing that. Dude, you know, last night I've read so much. I went home. It's I was bad. I was so just stressed out and anxious. Here, I want to give you the post. Talking about. I'm not post. even going to look at that. From talking about Corona for four hours, I went home 
And I just watched. He, I didn't look at my phone once. I didn't open Twitter. Really? I didn't open Facebook. I didn't look at my phone. I didn't turn on the news. I I totally unplugged really? from the entire news cycle. Dude, yep. I watched it for six hours. Aren't you? <laughs> can't. Like, can't. Aren't, aren't you completely captivated by it? Can't, man. I can't help I can't, myself. I can't do it. Yeah. I think so. Two nights. So two. Actually, I take that back. Two nights ago, I watched it for like six hours, and I was up till one o'clock in the morning. And yeah. some of it was all right. We need to, you know, as a media company and as a radio station, we need to plan for what the next phases could be. And so that was part of the reason why I was up till one o'clock. But I just couldn't get enough information. I just I just want as much information as possible. I've, I've read more charts. All than I, I need to know is what I need to do. What we all don't, need to do to do our part to try and stop this thing and slow the spread. Don't you guys think though? The, the one thing about this that I can't, that I'm so captivated by is how human beings react in times like this. Yeah. And all the people going to stores and they're overrun and no toilet paper is left. By the way, no Rami's, so- Rami apparently, based on one of the tweets he sent earlier, is one of the toilet paper hoarders. I mean, no, I just, I'm always well-stocked in the things that people are panicking and running oh, out of stores be. and get now. Yeah. You know what? That's a great point. Because Dawn will say, we've got plenty of that toothpaste, for instance. I'm like, it doesn't go bad. Right. We can get more. Like, yeah. it's not, oh, no, we have too much toilet paper. It's not yeah, like it's we're going like, to stop needing it. I'm not one of the people who I'm ran to that. the store. I'm with you on this. And filled my cart with toilet paper and disinfectant wipes because of the coronavirus. I just I love do that. that regularly. Like just <laughs> he's right. Yo, like, y'all cool. are just catching up. You just, okay. Can you spare a square for a guy who needs some tomorrow? <laughs> no. Here's one question for you guys: Who runs out of toilet paper? It's like, oh man, I, I'm why, out of toilet. Like, why would you ever run on toilet paper? Why is toilet paper the thing that there's a run on and people are hoarding? I in all the warnings from the CDC, World Health Organization, any expert you see, nobody has said we're going to run out. Of, there's going to be a shortage on toilet paper. No, I think it's too. I think number one, some people are mistaking like what the symptoms might be that they it's it's a respiratory illness. They think it might be a digestive illness. But the other thing is, people probably feel like if they have to be home for an extended stretch of quarantine, then they don't want they don't want to have to go to the store when it's you're in the same room as a shower. Like if push comes to shove, you're in the same room as a shower. That's just shameful, though, dude. (laughs) That is that is so shameful. But Rami is right. Why, why are you low? Why do you have to stock up on toilet paper? Like ordinarily, I don't buy. Well, it's not perishable. And were none of you cleaning before this? Why didn't anybody have disinfected wipes? Am I the only person who's been cleaning his apartment? His apartment. Yeah. Yes, actually. Okay. I don't have those. <laughs> Just checking. All Thanks, right. Rami. Mackie and Joe, Rami. We will wrap with Royce in about fifteen minutes or so, and we're going to unveil a new segment. Now that live sports are just off the table for weeks and weeks, we're going to unveil a new segment when we come back here. Hey, we unveil a new segment. I'm Mackie and Jeb with Rami here in just a minute, and we'll wrap with Roycey as well. But let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is here to help you business owners out there to help you get that peace of mind that you probably crave as someone who has built a company with your own hands, right, or with a computer or whatever it is that you're using to build your company. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business if something bad were to happen. Uh, with Federated, you tap into over a century of experience in helping businesses, and you get a face-to-face relationship with somebody who will be very attentive to the success of your business. At Federated, they believe their value is measured by the success of their clients. That would be you. And simply put, if you win, they win at Federated. You guys are tied together, and they invest in your success. 
The seasoned insurance professionals at Federated will help you manage risks and help you avoid the devastation that comes with filing a claim. And if you do have to file a claim, you can take comfort in knowing that the extensive team of pros at Federated is here with experience, and uh, they'll put that experience to work for you. Federatedinsurance.com and Federated, it is their business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download. You are listening to Score North on AM 1500 and the free Score North mobile app. Plenty of coronavirus-related cancellations, not just locally but nationally, which include the NCAA championships, the basketball tournament, and the wrestling championships have been canceled. The wrestling championship was set to take place at U.S. Bank Stadium next week. MLB has suspended all operations, delayed the start of their season by at least two weeks. The NBA, NHL, and MLS have all suspended their seasons. Uh, More locally, the Minnesota Vikings have suspended all travel for coaches and scouts. And the Minnesota State High School League has canceled the girls' and boys' basketball tournaments. For a complete list of those postponements and cancellations, please visit scorenorth.com. We have a complete list over there. Again, that's at scorenorth.com, at scornorth.com. That's been your Scornorth download. Now back to Mackie and Judith Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. We're going to wrap with Royce here in a second, but we're going to unveil here a new segment that we like to call Let Us Not Forget. Mm-hmm. Rami Makhlouf, this was your brainchild earlier today. Why don't you tee it up? Well, we're going to be without sports for a while, guys. And there are certain things that I don't want us to forget while sports are away. Good things, bad things, pettiness, grudges. And let us not forget, gentlemen. Please let us not forget in these tough times without sports for the foreseeable future, how much we hate the Houston Astros for what they did, for their cheating ways. Totally agree. Let us not forget our plans to heckle and harass Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, and the rest of them when they come here to Target Field and any other Major League Baseball park across this country when baseball resumes and life can get back to business as usual. Let us not forget how badly Rob Manfred handled this whole situation, how much of a bumbling fool he is, how much we all despise him, too, and how badly he needs to be fired. Let us not forget the Astros scandal yeah, and everything else surrounding it, gentlemen. Let us not forget. That just got me to thinking. This is going to sound slightly crass, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Who, especially in sports, who has benefited the most from this? Because the Astros are up there. Because you're right, we shouldn't forget it. But, you know, it's on the back burner. It's sports. They cheated, but we people are dying, right? So who has benefited the most now in the short term? What were we talking about or what were we focused on? Well, the Astros are the Astros have to be up one. on that list. Yep. They've got to be one, right? Yep. Yes, for sure. Yeah. You know, if you were a college basketball coach about to be maybe fired or you were on the, that might be it for you, and then this came along, there was like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that now. Antonio Brown? Possibly benefiting from this? Possibly, yeah. Just kind of a... Although, if he does something stupid, we have nothing to talk about now other than Antonio Brown doing something stupid. Yeah, that's and true. The coronavirus <laughs> doesn't stop Antonio Brown from doing something stupid. It brings the actual sports world to a stop. Yeah. I don't know that it brings Antonio Brown's erratic behavior to a stop. Good yeah. point. Uh, I'll give you guys one. This is more on the positive side. Okay. All right. All right. Let us not forget, Pate Manning is still sitting out there, potentially for like... 15 to 20 million dollars a year to be the savior we need for Monday Night Football. Rami disagrees because he doesn't care. He wouldn't pay. No, no, I've said I want Peyton Manning in the Monday Night Booth. He wouldn't pay much. And I think, no, I think that spot is worth more than the spot and the chair that Tony Romo sits in 
because there is more competition on a Monday night in terms of the rest of the entertainment world, and people aren't as conditioned to watch football on Monday as they are on Sunday. People are watching those games Tony Romo is doing no matter who is sitting in that chair. That's not necessarily the case for Monday night football. So I slightly differ in my opinion, not necessarily on Peyton Manning versus Tony Romo and how much they're worth, but the jobs, the chairs that they sit in and how valuable those are to the actual broadcast and the product and how many eyeballs you bring to TV screens. I'll give you one. Let us not forget the miserable, disappointing, prove-nothing season that one Carl Anthony Towns oh, had stole one of mine. for the Timberwolves. Yeah. Let us not forget that this guy's supposed to be a star, and yet couldn't even make my superstar list in this town because I am so down on him. Let us not forget that the Timberwolves should have him on a, on a table having surgery tomorrow on that wrist to get it fixed because there's no excuse not to have it fixed by the time training camp opens because the Timberwolves season, I can tell you right now, gentlemen, is over. Literally, they're never going to play another game in 2019-20. Carl Anthony Towns. I like it. Let us not forget. That's pretty good. There's probably plenty more. Oh, there's plenty. Yeah. I'd even start in on the wild. I'll keep a running list of things that we should not forget. I got plenty more. You know what? We should keep coming back to the Astros just to make sure we don't forget. (laughs) That should be be part of it every week. That March 26th target on your back, that's probably like a June 2nd target on your back now, but that target is still still on your back. In fact, that's the important question for Patrick Ricey here. Are you still going to be mad at the Astros on June 2nd when no. baseball comes back? I was never that mad at them in the first place. Okay. <laughs> cheat never killed anybody. But uh, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I just, I am a little suspicious of Lunau's uh, involvement in this whole mess <laughs> that we're dealing with now. I mean, maybe they should name a sneaky guy like him as the head of the, the virus committee to take it on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that thing. I don't. I don't think that's going to be quite the story it was. Is when we finally play a baseball game sometime in May, huh? No, I probably won't. It probably won't have the fury that it had uh, three or four weeks ago. Uh, I'm going to do my best to keep no. throwing gasoline on that fire, Pat. But I'm only one man. Yeah. yeah well, that's true. You you, you switched my uh, whole uh, feeling about uh, the virus. So maybe you could do it on the Astros. It took too. a pandemic, but you're finally realizing maybe yeah. I'm not a total idiot. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm still, still not going to make uh, that admission. Still, All right. By the way, uh, Barley's today, chaos, chaos. People are, you know, you know, I, I found something that will defeat. I, I said this today, I'll find something that will defeat the virus. Lunch. <laughs> People are, it was it was madhouse at lunch where I went in there to buy a couple of materials. People, I guess there was nobody around in the morning and everybody says, ah, what the hell? I stayed home for two hours. I'm hungry. And they went and had lunch. And I'll take I the went, chance. I had, to, I had to go back at 4.30 and it was absolute. It looked like Christmas Eve in there and there were so many people buying stuff. But you know one thing about us as Americans? We don't give one flying dog poop about our fellow Americans. You couldn't get a a bottle of water in there today to save your life. These senior citizens are rushing in there buying it by the gallons, you know, by the every, every bottle of water gone out of that. What are we saving water for? What are we going to take a bath in it? We afraid we're not going to be able to take a bath. So we got to have 500 bottles of water. People are morons. Yeah, I think uh I think you nailed it. If 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 we're sitting here relying on all of us as a society 
to look out for one another. And listen, it's no, not it's not don't. it's not about you. It's about your brother. It's about your. I'm the pushing neighbor. you out of the way, <laughs> yeah. Mackie. And then I'm pushing Royce. And then I'm pushing Rami. You know, my wife has one little. Uh, not it's not little. It's a fairly good size bottle of Germex. You know that stuff that you spray on your hands. And we've it's it's probably been here three years, right? That we maybe squirted out of it three times. But I'm thinking about going down the street corner here and telling, selling shots for three bucks a piece as people drive by. You know, you can't get any of that stuff anymore. So just like the kids selling on the street corner when they used to sell Kool-Aid, you know, they get their shot at Germex, three bucks here. Come on, Set go. up a little stand in front of your house stand, there? Yeah, right, right. Germex, <laughs> have, have a sign, Germex. I'd, I'd have to get a little busier intersection, but I think I can make. 500 bucks, you know, with what's left of that bottle. So not a bad business, you got no chance. You got no chance to find a bottle of that stuff anywhere. I, I was behind some woman today, and she says, I was in a store five, I was in five stores looking for some hand sanitizer. Couldn't find it. Yeah, no, I, but, I, I don't think you can find it on Amazon even. You know, the worst part, though, about, like, grocery shopping now is, you're in a line, and there's three, four carts, right? And they got to talk about the virus for five minutes before they check out. Oh. Get your groceries and get your ass moving. Okay, come on. Let's Bravo. Bravo. Let's, uh, you know. Yes. Yeah. It should yeah. be that way Stay all away. the time. Yes, I know. I mean, we don't talk. Yeah, let's have... Let's have uh, let's have an order that... Uh, you know how on Uber you could say no conversation? Yeah, that would be great. If there was a no conversation lane, like they have the express lane, they have the no conversation lane in the grocery store, that'd be awesome. I think that's an idea. Yes, it is. What are we going to do here for the next three months? What are we guessing? What are we guessing? May 15th, maybe? Well, let me let me flip it around on you. If 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 the ride with Royce was still if 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 Patrick Royce was still doing four hours of sports talk. <laughs> Every single day. <laughs> That's a really funny would, idea to What him. would Patrick Royce be doing the next two months on I'd the microphone? Do, I'd fly to North Korea and tell him I had the virus. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think the test team's going to go there? Their first patient got shot. I, I don't think I'm going to get tested. By the North Korea. That's the I test. Might be I might be coughing up a lung, but I'm going to take my shot. Chances, aren't I? <laughs> total sense over there yeah. absolutely yeah i bet old trump saw that and said damn if only six five one six four six eight two five five hey come on trump was outstanding today he really calmed everybody okay well he did this he did better than he did the other night when he was uh looks he looked terrified but i guess he did better today i don't know i don't know let's uh it's uh, it's amazing now. Uh, we we got nothing. Is it? Is there anything being played in the world? Well, we do. There's there's. Well, there are some things like being played behind closed doors. UFC and, Fight Night in Brazil is still on this weekend. No Pat. fans oh, though, right? Really? They're just gonna tangle in an empty. Yeah, I think so. Arena. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as of now, WrestleMania and all WWE events are still on. They gotta cancel it. Boy, that's yeah. And I love how Tampa Tampa's gonna leave it up to the WWE. Apparently, I and of course know. the Olympics are still on, Pat. Because no, I mean, it's not like this is where the pandemic started. <laughs> no, they got. There's no chance. 
there's no chance that they're going to be held. Yeah, no as of right now, they're saying it is. Say, you know what, uh, when ESPN first started, boys, in the mid-70s, you guys are all too young for this, but we basically had Australian rules football and a bunch of, and a bunch of other stuff. We might be back to watch I got bad news, again. Royce. I wasn't too young. But, I remember watching it. <laughs> I remember Lee Montville did a fabulous piece for Sports Illustrated when it first started of going and spending three the whole weekend in, in this novel idea of having a 24-hour sports station, and they didn't have anything then. Until they got college basketball, they didn't have anything, you know. So they just have uh, crapola from other countries that nobody else wanted to watch. But Australian rules football was big. We might have to go back to that. Yeah. Well, we did it. We actually do have two pieces of Minnesota sports news that came down today. Uh, oh, yeah, Xavier really? Rhodes and Linval Joseph have been cut by the Vikings, and Jeff Goodman reporting that Richard Pitino will be back as Gopher basketball coach next year. I uh, I, I was not saying this in jest at all. I think when the uh, the whole virus thing hit, that he was safe. I mean, he might have been safe anyway, but uh, I don't think it'd be a good luck to uh, call a press conference to announce you're firing a basketball coach in the middle of this mess. No, you? no. I think I think a lot of guys got their jobs saved by this night. There's going to be very little turnover in the college coaching profession. Yeah, and I'm just like sure all, all the logistical things you're trying to figure out with like, like the scholarship discussion and – uh, I mean, there's so yeah, many things just yeah. to be figuring out behind the scenes. Adding a coaching search to it is a pain in the ass, yeah, really. And, and, and also taking two million dollars. You know, okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna give the uh, we're gonna give people in uh, spring sports an extra year of eligibility, which yeah. means we're gonna have to uh, upgrade the scholarship numbers. And oh, by the way, we're gonna we, we could do that with this two million bucks, but we're gonna give it to a coach we're firing. We don't really know if we want to fire or not. So I'm I'm not surprised, and I don't think it's a terrible decision. Yeah. I, I think I, I might give him one more shot. Hey, before we say goodbye here in our in our last minute, Pat, you uh, you have no sports, let's say for the next couple months, and you are a TV and movie connoisseur. Give us uh, one or two recommendations to to hunker down and either binge or or watch over the weekend. Oh, uh, what's, what's it, wife and I just ended up watching Midnight. Uh, Midnight Sun is it? It's a it's a good six part or eight parter on uh, on Hulu, I believe that I, I would recommend. And uh, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff out there, you know. And I, you know what? I stopped watching Breaking Bad in year two, so I can watch like seven years of that right here. Start up right when I got nothing to do. Nice. That's uh, it's Rami's favorite nope. show, Breaking Bad. Right? Mm-hmm. Love it. Greatest yeah. show in the history of television, Pat. Yeah, Rami, you and I are—you're now my guru, man. I'm calling to you. When I should be scared, you just call me up and tell me when I should be scared to death. Oh, by the way, you heard about my uh, my virus threat today, didn't you? No. What? No. When I when I uh, suddenly had this tremendous attack of uh, having to go to the bathroom, and I was sitting in there for 20 minutes contemplating that I had it because I had a little cough too, and. Then I looked up, well, I'd taken eight zinc, zinc tablets since yesterday noon because I hadn't taken any in a long oh, time. Oh, I did so see your tweet like about that. this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I looked up zinc, uh, zinc overdose, and it said that was one of the causes. So I and I only had it for 20 minutes. I had the virus for 20 minutes, and I'm, I'm okay now. The old 20-minute so, virus. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> don't, take, 
Just because you haven't taken zinc for a month doesn't mean you should take a month's supply in 24 hours. That's, Pat, fine. I That's will, what I've learned. I will personally call you and tell you when it's time to worry about this or anything else, sir. That's what I'm here okay. for. Okay, sir. All right, see you, All Pat. Right. 20, Don't ask him. 20 minutes in the John. Oh. <laughs> It's a new uh, content series on scorenorth.com. Are you on the same page now? Don't take your phone in the bathroom? I still do. Oh, Oh, are you kidding? I'm taking it all weekend, baby.